off and on during this year, we'll be having some messages connecting with our theme for the year, uh, just this whole idea of radical dependence, meaning just fully relying on God, trusting in Him. We've hit on a number of, uh, had some touch points with this theme. Last week was forgiveness, radical forgiveness. And even uh, the couple of weeks on giving, even though it wasn't under this series, you could say, well, that's going to take a lot of trust to trust God uh, in the area of giving, right? And so dependence there. And so today we wanna, we're going to look at a passage in Mark chapter 8 uh, along this theme of radical discipleship. Now, uh, today I will not be accused of being, giving a feel-good message. Because something along the lines of radical discipleship, uh, you know, what did Jesus mean when he said, follow me, and what that might involve is very challenging. So we need to pray. We need to pray that God would help us receive what he has for us today, okay? Lord, we just um, come to you, Lord, before we get into your word, um, knowing that it's a challenge to follow Jesus. It's not an easy life. and nor did Jesus paint it that way. Um, in fact, even using imagery like, you know, uh, narrow is the, the gate <laughs> to eternal life. Um, and wide is the path to destruction. That imagery just tells us it's not an easy life to follow Jesus. And so, Lord, would help us. Help us to grasp uh, what our Lord was saying in this passage. And Father, also we just want to lift up our brothers and sisters who might need your healing touch today, uh, who are hurting physically, um, whether it's through some disease or just some other ailment, God, we just pray that and we call out to you, Lord, for your healing touch to relieve their pain, to help them through this difficult time. And uh, also, Lord, help us uh, in this room or who are watching online that are really struggling to follow you, who are really having a hard time. Uh, maybe we've gotten caught up in some sin and we're caught in the miry clay, as it says in the scriptures. But, but Lord, uh, be near to us, Lord, and give us the strength we need to follow you. And fill us with joy, Lord, as we do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, it's often a tradition here when we read the Word to stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. So if you're able to, would you uh, stand with me? And um, today let's read it together. Let's read this passage. There's, there's really not many verses, so uh, let's, just, let's just read aloud together, okay? So here we go. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation Of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. One of the verses in this passage I used in my personal 
uh, we used to call them testimony tracts. It's like a little pamphlet about your personal story. And years ago, there was a guy in the, in the church when I attended uh, Linworth Road Church. His name was Mike Gillette. He's a cartoonist. And he did the little, I wish I should have got the picture up here for you. It's a little caricature of me holding a basketball because I loved to play basketball when I was in school. And it related somewhat to my testimony. Uh, but one of the verses here in this passage, uh, it says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? That resonated with me in my college years. It's like, what am I living for? You, a lot of times you're asking large questions at various times in your life, big questions, you know, and and, uh, and so uh, what Jesus said there really kind of rocked my world and got me just on this journey of seeking to find out who is this Jesus that I heard about growing up. It wasn't that I didn't believe like who he was. Um, I even believed that he went to the cross for our sins, but like I said last week, I didn't realize that I had to have a personal response to that. Um, to, to come into relationship with God. But this, uh, this passage here is, is quite the challenge. Um, and what I want to do is we're going to take a look at, there's the command, and then there's kind of four supporting statements. It's really almost kind of Pauline, the way he lays this out, is he's got the command, uh, Mark writes the command, and then he kind of gives some reinforcing like reasons, or why why should we? obey this command. I mean, aside from the fact that the one who has all authority said it, okay? I mean, you got that. But I'm just saying, uh, we are given reasons here why we should obey this command, all right? And so the command here, uh, and I'll just uh, refresh your memory, um, to, you know, to take up your cross and deny yourself. Uh, here's the verse where we get this from, verse 34. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so that come after me and that follow me are basically just the same thing. Sandwiched in there, okay, is this command, right? Is is he saying, you need to deny yourself and take up your cross. Um, and he was saying to his disciples, his disciples, and actually there was a crowd there. So we know it's just it's just really for everybody here. It's not just for the twelve or whatever. Um, some people, when they hear commands they don't like, they try to like limit it, right? Like, oh, that's just for those people. And, and yeah, can't, context matters, and sometimes there are limitations. There are some promises, like maybe just for Israel or whatever. But you got to. This is not one of those, right? And so he says. Um, Deny yourself and take up your cross. So what about this deny? We have to deny. It says we must deny himself. Deny himself. Well, basically, I mean, this is, um, it's, it's basically anti-human. <laughs> Our humanity, at least, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but I tend to look out for myself a lot. I, I am very selfish, right, in my flesh, in and of myself. And um, by God's grace, uh, probably less selfish than I used to be, but st- it's still there. Um, so, but, but the idea here is he's saying you need to kind of lay aside your agenda and lay aside um, even your desires and your passions that you have, and they need to be submitted 
to the Lordship of Christ, if you will, to his, to his, you know, we need to take on what he desires for us and, and make sure our desires line up with his. And when, when they don't, we need to uh, work through that. Um, but denying himself, uh, parents often know what that's about. Right? I mean, most parents, uh, good parents, they, you know, they're denying themselves all the time. Um, they could be, you know, uh, uh, those kids just don't, you know, come with built-in babysitters and, you know, and so you're with your kids a lot as when they're young especially and can't take care of themselves and, you know, you know what it means if you're a parent to deny yourself. And it's it's like that, but just in a spiritual way where you're kind of, it doesn't mean that you don't get to do fun things. I mean, they could you could kind of read this and say, man, a Christianity, that is a real downer. Um, no, there's joy. This is kind of weird. Okay, this, but, okay, this is the part of the mystery of being a Jesus follower. There's joy in submitting. I know that sounds weird, but there's joy in submitting to God and His work. There's a joy. There really is. And so, um, so he, when He tells us to deny uh, that we need to deny ourselves, um, it's really for our good, for sure. Uh, but it does mean that we need to, again, submit our desires, our ambitions, our personal goals to him. We need to say no to self many times and yes to God. You know, and that's, again, that's kind of a, it's a big thing. Um, one of the things I appreciated about kind of the, um, the retreat that we, the guys had is it was just an opportunity to kind of pull away and have some concentrated time to think and reflect. Um, if you don't regularly do that, you don't even need a retreat. Even if you could, uh, as it gets warming up here, may, may the Lord please warm it up, um, that you could go out to a park somewhere and um, sit under a shelter or something and just, just think about where things are with you and God. And, you know, um, and even invite God to speak to your heart and say, God, is there anything in my life that I just have not laid at your feet? I have not submitted to you and said, have your way. Or maybe I did it one time and I kind of picked it back up and said, no, God, not that. Not that room in my house, or, you know, figuratively speaking. Um, but, but be thinking about that. Because oftentimes, um, and this is, I think, one of the good things about, even, again, if you don't go on a full-on retreat, but if it's just an hour, more than you regularly spend with God. Go to a different location just for a time and ask the Lord to speak to your heart about these things. Because, uh, I mean, there is something to, um, there is something to what the, the monks do about retreat and solitude and silence. There's, there's, there's something there where you give God a room to speak in your heart. You're not around all the noise. You know what I mean? And so, um, and we're just, if you're anything like me, you're just kind of day-to-day, man. You're just trying to put food on the table. You're trying to get your job done. <laughs> and, and you know, if you've got kids, that they not kill each other while you're doing it, you know? Um, it's, and, so, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, you're not often thinking about um, some of these uh, more challenging, deeper things. And so I encourage you to do that, uh, you know, this whole idea of denying yourself. And, and certainly, 
No, Jesus, when he, in, when he invites us to follow him, we put our faith in him and he invites us to follow him, um, we don't know everything that that means as we begin the journey with Jesus. Okay? But as he reveals his will to you along that way, it is, uh, he calls us to deny ourselves and follow him in different areas at different times and in different ways. Um, so, deny himself. Then it says, take up, we have to take up our cross. Well, that's quite an imagery there, okay, because these guys weren't talking going to the jewelry store and picking up a cross, right? They're talking about a cross there was a Roman cross that people were crucified on, right? That, and and, and well, that Jesus was crucified on, right? And so, um, with by saying that, Jesus is saying, you know, like me, you're going to have opposition in your life. Jesus is saying, like me, you're going to suffer shame for my name, if you follow me. Your life will involve suffering of some sort, on some level. It may even involve death. Um, certainly, you know, when you think about your cross, I mean, it did end in death, right? And, and thankfully, Jesus, is, the story doesn't end there, right? But, but you just have to realize that when he's saying that, right, take up your cross and follow me, take up your cross means being willing to be identified with Jesus. And that is the real Jesus, okay? I mean, like, sometimes people, I like Jesus, you know, but, you know, they have a certain idea of Jesus that's maybe not fully formed biblically, you know? Um, and, and so, but what we need to do, though, is, is to have to really think about, um, it's kind of like counting the cost. The scripture talks about counting the cost, right? If you go to rent an apartment or you go to purchase a home or something like that, um, you have to figure out, you know, do I have enough in the budget to do that? You, you count the cost, right? Um, and following Jesus is um, very challenging and joyful and challenging at the same time. And, you know, Mark would have been writing to a Roman crowd, and they would have experienced a great suffering, uh, these believers. And they knew what he's talking about, that they're going to they're gonna encounter at the hands of people uh, abuse, um, uh, injustices, um, you know, not treated fairly because of their identification with Jesus. Okay? And so he's saying, you need to be willing to do that. Right? And it's only by the grace of God that we will be able to do that. Okay? Let's just say that. But, but he's saying, you need to be able to deny yourself and take up your cross. Let's take a look at another verse. I don't have it up here, but um, use your Bibles here and, and turn to. Um, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10.38 says, And whoever does not... Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. 
Whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, this is challenging words, right? (laughs) Sign up for my team. Suffering, opposition, right? I mean, this this is kind of it. But you know... His disciples knew he was the one. He's the Messiah. And he's like, and they've saw, they've seen the miracles. They've seen who he is. They've, you know, they've seen God in him. They know he's the one, and so they would be willing, right, uh, to to suffer for his name's sake and to be identified with him. How many people know you're a Christian? I'm not asking for hands or anything. Just. You know, just think about that. Do you, is that something you try to keep on the DL? Like, I don't really want people to know, you know, I'm religious, or I'm a Christian. Um, that's a real simple thing. We're not even talking about, you know, suffering for Jesus. But being, being identified with Jesus. I always encourage believers to, to raise the flag early in your relationships. Let people know somehow, whether you're saying you're praying for them if something's going on or... Or, or what'd you do last weekend, right? Well, I went to church. How about you? You know, I mean, it's not like you're making them feel guilty. You're just saying, hey, I'm a, you're kind of subtly kind of saying, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm, I, I go, you know, I think that's a good thing to do. Uh, I find it's harder to bring those things up uh, maybe the longer time goes on. Longer time goes on. And um, I mentioned this before years ago when I first got saved, um, People, you know, and I got saved my, my the very first uh, quarter of my freshman year. So I, I wasn't even there 10 weeks. And uh, the Lord hadn't, you know, just saved me, uh, the, turned the lights on, you know, hip here about salvation and everything. And then word got back uh, to some of my high school friends that I was in some kind of a cult, you know. Uh, if following Jesus is a cult, then I'm guilty, but I definitely was not in a cult, okay? Uh, it was just that things had changed in my life, you know? I wasn't going out carousing on the weekend like I used to do um, and all this stuff. And so I remember these two, I was at a softball game. My dad coached softball even after I left high school. He coached softball, and I remember being out there, and these two two gals that were in my graduating class came up to me with great concern. And, you know, I appreciate that because, you know, if they really thought I was in a cult, you know, wouldn't you want to say something? And so I said, oh, yeah. I said, no, I didn't say, oh, yeah, I'm in a cult. No, I said, said no, I'm not. I said, I just became a Christian. I put my faith in Jesus and I'm following him. And I, and I did say I appreciate your concern and everything. Um, and so, you know, it's just, and I, by the way, I, in sharing that story, I'm not saying, you know, I've been the perfect example and always like raising the flag and taking opportunities to share my faith all the time. But I'm just saying, but it's just more of like, I just got me thinking of, you know, we need to, to not, back, not shy away from that, you know. Um, and uh, of course, when you do that, then, then, you know, people are watching you, you know. <laughs> That's the other thing. When I first got saved in my, in, and I was in a suite of 16 guys, four to a room. You know, they pack them in like sardines back in the day at OSU. And, and then once I became a believer, I just remember um, getting comments like if I used some foul language or something, or if I did something, oh, you're a Christian. You know, and I'm like, I said, well, okay, you're right. I shouldn't have done that or whatever. Um, but I, I, by God's grace, I am forgiven. And, 
That's the difference, you know, I've got this relationship with now. But I, I just remember thinking, man, dude, there's a lot of pressure now when you kind of uh, tell people that you're a Jesus follower. But also it does bring opportunities to say that doesn't mean you're perfect, right? And you get a chance to talk about grace and sin and what Jesus came for. And so there's built into that even opportunity, right? So um, I'm just bringing that up because, you know, part of taking up uh, – your cross and denying yourself is going to be just identifying with the Savior, letting people know that you're a Jesus follower. And so many people are are just living without hope in this world. And they need to know Christ is the one that they need, and he gives hope that no one else can give, and in ways that nothing else can satisfy. And, uh, you know, we just need to let people know that that we love Jesus and and we're following him and the, you know by his grace it's not perfect. So take up your cross uh and deny yourself. The apostle Paul by the way no worries the, the following points are going to go a lot quicker. Okay? <laughs> People start to get worried we're like he's got the first point, you know, and he hasn't even gone on. You know, should we be, you know, can we get pizza? Here. <laughs> but not a bad idea that could be kind of fun. Um, so, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, pizza. I was going with pizza. I was like, no. No, the, the whole thing about, uh, when I think about this, I, I think about the Apostle Paul and his mentality. And our, the small, one of the small groups I'm in here at the church, we've been going through Philippians. And, and, uh, so when I was thinking about this denying ourselves and, and, um, you know, just our lives being all about Jesus and following him, I, I can't help but think about the Apostle Paul. So take a look at Philippians chapter 1, just for a second, in the New Testament here. So Philippians chapter 1, and uh, Paul's in prison, of course. This is one of the prison letters, right? Uh, you think about this. Wouldn't you think that your ministry would be hindered from prison? Of course, now that I think about it, people run entire drug cartels from prison. So maybe it's maybe they can, you know, have a great ministry from prison. I don't know. But I'm just thinking about you'd think that you'd be very discouraged that, you know, God, I had plans. We're going to travel around here and and visit these cities and share the gospel and all this stuff. Um, but but he but he says here in Philippians chapter one, verse twenty one. This is Paul. This, this is the guy that's in jail for Jesus. He said, well, let's back up to verse 20. He says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all, uh, that I will not be at all ashamed, but that will, with uh, full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Now that is a life that is submitted to Jesus. He's like, whether I'm going to live or whether I'm going to die here in prison, whatever the sentence is going to be handed down, man, I'm going to live for Jesus. And this is what we're talking about, taking up your cross and following Jesus. Denying yourself is kind of like saying, hey, whatever the circumstances are going on, I need to find out how to live for Jesus in that. Okay? And so then he goes on here in verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet uh, which I shall 
Choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain here in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Did you get that? He's kind of saying, like, it's a win-win, or actually it's a win-winner. You know, is that a word? Winner. Okay, like, he's like, it's better, even better if I died, because then I'm going to be with the Lord himself. But he's like, but I, but I, I'm hard-pressed here because to remain here, Paul says, it's going to be necessary to minister to you, Philippians. And that is a life that is denying self. It's saying, I'm going to live for Jesus and for others. And, uh, and that's, so if I'm going to live here, if, my, if I'm going to still have breath, I want to live for Jesus. And um, I hope that's the case for every one of us here today. And you know, and yeah, it ebbs and flows, our desires, our passions for the Lord, but uh, may he help us just say, you know, today is another day to live my life for Jesus. And it's an adventure because you don't know who he's going to bring in your path. You don't know what you're going to encounter and who he's going to bring around or who's going to call or text or you just have no idea. But it's all part of, of how he wants you to, to be involved in the ministry he's called you to. So, all right, so let's take a look here now. He's given this command to deny ourselves and take up our cross to follow Jesus. Uh, And then there are some reasons uh, and supporting uh, motivations, if you will, that are really the rest of the verses. The next thing we get to, the first reason is just, in taking up your cross, you show you're saved. In taking up your cross, you show that you're saved. Okay, so um, where are we getting this from? Well, verse 35. So in me being willing to take up the cross, which again, we we talked about what that meant, right? It's self-denial, identifying with Jesus. There might be suffering, um, not caring what others think, not living for the approval of others. Here's verse 35. For whoever would save his life will lose it. You know, you want to hang on to the world, you want to hang on to man's approval, you want to hang on to, uh, you know, not suffering for Jesus, then you're going to lose your life. He's talking about your soul here, okay? Everybody's going to die physically, but it says, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. And he's not saying that you have to die physically to be saved. No, he's simply saying, you know, this, this taking up your cross, right? And so he's really telling us that, you know, this is just evidence that you know me and that you're following me, right? This Because he's saying, if, you, if you're desired to hang on to the things of this world tightly, then that may be an indication that you don't know me, Jesus is saying. But he says, whoever loses his life for my sake, in other words, you kind of, Again, that's the denial of self, losing your life, right? Um, but, you know, when you, when you, um, as Paul said in another place in his letter there, he talks about how you want to, he, he talks about uh, not, uh, not only looking out for your interests, but also for the interests of others, like Jesus did in Philippians chapter 2, right? Philippians chapter 2, he goes all, uh, on a whole explanation of the humility of Jesus and how he displayed it. 
right? And he says, you need to have this attitude too, which is also in Christ Jesus. Right? So the losing our life uh, for the sake of the gospel is kind of saying, uh, having a new mentality that I'm living for others. My, the Lord is at the center, and I have a missional life, a life that is on mission. Because uh, I, I fully believe that, you know, if he didn't have a mission for us left here to do, we would be with him. Once we're saved, we would be with him. And that's my opinion, you know, take it or leave it. But um, we've got a mission to do. And one of the songs we're singing later is about a mission, right? And that mission is to follow Jesus and um, share with those along the way who will hear the message, right? So trying to save your life leads to losing it, right? Um, In fact, uh, John chapter 12, verse 25, relates to this. John twelve twenty five. whoever loses his life, Whoever loves his life, excuse me, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. This is how I know he's talking about eternal life here. You look at this kind of parallel passage. Um, and um, now, hating your life, what, what doesn't mean that you should have a bad view of yourself. He's not saying, it's kind of like in comparison, right? It's like, it's like a hyperbole, okay? You need to think about that. God wants us to have a healthy view. Uh, you know, we're created in His image. Uh, you know, having a right view of ourselves is, is, is important. Um, um, but, but He's saying here in John twelve twenty five, whoever lo- loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world. I really think the connection there is the world, right? The, the, the values of the world that don't line up with God's values. The the systems of the world that are not biblical. He's saying, don't get sucked into that. Don't fall in love with that. Don't try to hang on to that. All right, so um, reason number two. So the first one here is just in taking up cross, you show that you're saved. Um, uh, reason number two yeah, is that you can't have it both ways. Well, that's my words, but we'll take a look at the Scripture where we're getting that from. You can't have it both ways. Verse 36. Uh, verse 36 says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Okay, so this is one of those rhetorical questions, right? Uh, rhetorical questions, you ask a question, but you're really not looking for the answer because in there is the answer, and it's a no. Right? You, he's saying, uh, it, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world to forfeit his soul? And there is no profit in gaining the whole world. That's what his whole point. There is no profit in that. Uh, and th- you know, there is no profit in gaining all the money that you can get, and or, or trying to look for status and honor or acceptance of others or ease and comfort if that's what you're seeking for for comfort's sake. Okay. Um, and he's, he's just simply making a statement there for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? He says, it's not worth it. 
and saying, follow me, take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. Because the alternative is separation from God for all eternity. Saying you can't have the world and Jesus too. That's what he's saying. Can't have it both ways. I told you it wasn't a feel good today. But but it's truth, right? And and you know, with with truth comes God's grace and empowerment. You've got to realize that, right? Um, I mean, God knows that we're not going to perfectly live this out. That's why we need his grace and forgiveness. But he does empower us to live um, lives that are less self-centered. Okay? He does empower us to do that. Okay? Some days better than others. But I'm telling you, without the grace of God, without the Holy Spirit in my life, uh, you know, I don't know where I would be on the selfish scale right now. It would just be totally horrendous. You know? Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I told you guys about, I think, one, the one, one of my birthdays, it might have been my 15th birthday, all I cared about was if, was if I was getting a stereo. Okay? And I remember uh, asking my dad, am I going to get the stereo? Am I going to get the stereo? Am I going to get the stereo? And if I, was, if I was my dad, I probably would have, like, annihilated me. Because you could just see it was all about me. I know that's a little example, and I know, yeah, kids are that way, and I get it, but I'm telling you, it's in us. And without the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, helping us, you know, that's the way it is. But, but by God, the grace of God, He does help us in this denying of self and living for others, okay? So I, at the same time, we see the, the challenge and the difficulty of the, the command, right? But we've got to realize God's given us the power of the Holy Spirit okay, so that we can. You know, your mom or dad, if they love you, are not going to ask you to do something that you're not able to do. You know, when my kids, when my kids were three, I didn't say, get in the car, go down and get some milk. No, they can't do that. I would be a terrible parent, right? And I'd be locked up. If they even could do it, you know? But, but the thing is, God's not calling us to do things that he's not empowered us to do. You get that? There were times, you know, on campus, and at other times, even as an adult, where I know God was prodding me to bear witness to him in different ways. One was in an astronomy class. And I'm not the greatest scientist in the world, but I know who created it, Okay? And so I, I just, I like, wasn't even given a defense for the cosmos or anything. I just, God, I, and I, it was one of those things. And I'm assuming as a believer you've experienced it at different times in your life where you just could the spirit was not letting it go. Like, okay, I'm like, God, you know, I, these people aren't going to listen to me. They aren't going to, you know, if they're going to think I'm Looney Tunes, Right. And it was in a room with a stage, and I, I got up on the stage, and I just said, hey, uh, I, I didn't have this planned out, and I was, it was terrible, but I just simply said, hey, um, I know there's not a lot of talk about God and creation in this class, but I'm a Christian, and if anybody wants to talk about that, you let me know. That was it. You know, and, and, and so I'm just saying, you know, you, um, and I, I, God, that wasn't a big thing. But God empowered me to do it. 
And he'll empower you to do the things he's got on your assignment. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's the cool thing. We, God's got us, you know, he's working all kinds of ways all over this city and in your home, where you work, right? And, and as, we, as we deny ourselves and look to the Lord, he empowers us to, to do this kind of life, okay? And that's, that's the beauty of it. All right. Reason number three. Reason three, reason three. Okay. Nothing in this world can purchase your soul from hell. Um, that's kind of master of the obvious if you're a Christian, uh, you know, other than the blood of Jesus, okay? It was, you know, but he's just saying nothing in this world, all right? Verse 37, for what can a man give in return for his soul? Rhetorical question, nothing. There's nothing in this world that could ever make the full payment for your soul. The blood of Jesus is it, guys. So he's just simply, he's kind of leading us down the road. He's like, you know what? It's really follow me or be damned. That's it. I mean, that's really it. Um, and he loves us. That's why he went. I mean, do you have any other better demonstration of love than Jesus hanging on the cross? I don't think so. He loves us. Right? And he, he, he wants every person to come to know him and have a personal relationship with him. That's why he went to the cross. Fourth reason, if you, want, if you want the approval of the world, then you won't get the approval of Jesus. And if you want the approval of the world, you won't get the approval of Jesus. Verse 38, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. And this is that whole identification thing, being identified with Jesus. He's saying, you know, you, you cannot, um, you know, look to have the approval of others in the world and have the approval of Jesus on that day. Right? He says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And uh, with that, we just need prayer. I do. Lord, we just come to you and, and uh, hearing these words of radical discipleship, I mean, who is this that says, you know, if you want to follow me, you're going to have to take up your cross and deny yourself. And that is it. Just who is it? It is the Lord of the universe. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who had demonstrated his love for us on the cross, who has demonstrated his love for us on the cross. And he calls us to follow him. And count that cost, knowing that it will cost us something, some people more than others, but just having that willingness. And Father, we just, we just pray right now, for every, I pray for every believer hearing this right now, just that you would strengthen us, encourage us, um, I think about I think about what what Jesus said when he said hard things and and people left him and then Jesus looked at the twelve and he says Are you going to leave me too? And they said, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so we tell you, 
Father, we, we know there's no one else to turn to. There's only one Lord of the universe. Um, there's only one Jesus, and he calls us to receive his forgiveness, receive his, um, his incredible act of love to count for us, and then to live for him in whatever way that means, in whatever, in whatever context we are. And Lord, I just pray that you would empower us, Lord, strengthen weak hands today, God, by your Spirit. Some of us may just be at a real weak point in our faith right now. Would you strengthen our faith? And, and maybe um, we should be thinking about encouraging one another, as it says, day after day, as long as it is still called today, because it's Living the Christian life, living this call to deny ourselves and take up our cross has to be lived in community with each other because it's, it's hard, it's challenging, yet it's joyful, it's rewarding. There is peace in it. And so, Lord, we want you to be glorified through our lives. We lay them down for you. In Jesus' name, amen.